Alright, coming to you live today from just outside of Byron Bay, the last few days in Brisbane, and really excited for the next month or so in Australia. The plan from there is to go back, we've got a few go overseas, but right now, with the way the world is looking, it's uh, uncertain what that path will be for myself and for my family, and for the rest of the world, for the rest of humanity. How long will we not be allowed to travel, how long will the economy be crushed, what will be the health consequences of all the changes that are going on, people being encouraged to stay inside, people being encouraged not to socialise, very interesting times that we live in. I think it's a good time to be asking questions. So one of the questions or things that might be worth pondering is, what is the response of world government to lifestyle disease? Cancer, diabetes, dementia, cardiovascular disease. What's the response to those problems? What's the response to hundreds of people dying each day from opioid overdose and other pharmaceutical medications? What's the response of mass suicide, increase in suicide rates, youth suicide. What is the global action that is taken in response to those preventable deaths? Why is dying from a flu different to dying from one of these other causes? If we're talking primarily about older people dying, what are the consequences of a child being obese and being obese throughout their lifetime and dying from the complications related to obesity? Which is the greatest suffering? Is it more of a suffering to get a fever and die or to be obese and suffer sexual dysfunction, infertility, migraines, skin conditions, the, the plethora of mental and physical ailments that go along with uh, having a broken metabolism and not being able to function physically. Which is worse? Why is there such a massive response to one while the other is seemingly increased and fanned and supported by the system? What's happening to obesity rates? Who's at risk of this anyway? Are obese people more at risk of dying from a flu? 100%. Are people who have blood sugar dysregulation, insulin issues, more at risk of dying? 100%. Are people with nutritional deficiencies, hormone deficiencies, poor quality sleep? 100%. So Lane Norton's come out and attacked Paul Saladino and other people for saying that their approach to diet may have an impact on the immune system, specifically related to you know what everyone's talking about at the moment, but related to the immune system. Now, to someone who would consider, you know, someone who prides themselves on following the research, does nutrition impact the immune system? Well, how, how could it not? What is the immune system made from? What does it respond to? Okay, so if we're having, for example, the gut is 
where death begins. Death begins in the gut. It's been said in ancient Greek times. It was said by Eli Mechnikov, Nobel Peace Prize winner over 100 years ago. Death begins in the gut. So if the gut is really healthy, the immune system will be much healthier. If the gut is leaky, if it's irritated, if it's bleeding, um, if it's not a complete lining, then the immune system will be compromised and the response to training will be depleted. You know, the ability to gain muscle mass, all those sorts of things will be decreased. But to suggest that diet won't have an impact on the immune system is one of the most ridiculous things that anyone with any kind of scientific interest or knowledge would, uh, you know, could ever say. And even those who are highly critical of the carnivore diet, like they, they tend to say, well, it's just an elimination diet. So when you eliminate everything that could be irritating the gut, then of course you see improvements in people's health conditions. And that's the whole bottom line. You remove irritants and you see improvements in health. And, you know, there are tens of thousands of testimonials that you can check out starts with one and then you know it becomes lots and lots and lots and at some point it becomes compelling and you know that's happened with paleo diet with keto diet with uh, carnivore diet they've all been heavily criticized in mainstream media consider this people are raving about the improvements in their health by taking a contrarian approach to how they eat and all that you'll see in the mainstream media in response to those things is, why would you do that crazy thing? 10 worst diets of 2018, etc., etc. Right, so put these two things together and something's not quite right at the moment. Something is not quite right. When did the Australian government, the Italian government, the Chinese government, the American government, when did all these governments become... So very, very passionate about health. And why do they not look at nutrition? I haven't seen any nutrition guidelines coming out in relation to improving the outcomes of uh, people who catch a flu or a common cold. If we go back and speak to our grandmas, if we go back and speak to our ancestors of yesteryear, they would have had advice for us. They did have advice for us. What were the foods that your grandma loved? Many people will tell you. I love asking people this question. Many people will tell you if you ask them this question, well, it was liver. Well, it was cod liver oil. Well, it was chicken soup. Well, it was broth. Well, there was always a stock pot on. Do you think your grandma didn't care about your health? Your grandma loved you. Your great, great grandma. Maybe your grandma kind of lost the plot and played too many pokies at some stage. You know, it's... it's uh deteriorating this generational intelligence but in the not too distant past the priority of the family was to nourish was to nourish with food and that created optimal conditions for the mind optimal conditions for health because there were no antibiotics and if everybody died then everybody died so plague conditions etc if you look back at when there's been mass kill-offs They've often been with confinement, okay? So if you look at some of, the, you know, some of the plagues that have happened in the past, some of the, you know, documented mass uh, infectious disease outbreaks, they've been related to throwing sewage in the streets in newly industrialised cities. They've been associated with herding people up and putting them into 
concentration camps, you know, with uh, the indigenous people, you know, concentrating them in, in small locations, giving them bread and sugar, and then saying that their immune systems were weak. Well, their immune systems were weak, but you have to consider what they were eating. Had they been allowed to consider consume their traditional diets, would they have broken down in response uh, to exposure to the white man? It's 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 difficult to speculate, you know, and to be a hundred percent sure. The history goes to the victors, etc. But it's uh, to me, it seems extremely unlikely that those people on their traditional diet would have succumbed to disease in the way that it is reported that they did. So, what does this all mean for us now? Be aware of catching the flu because the governments around the world are very concerned for your health right now. Is there any credibility to any anything along these lines? Really? They don't want the hospitals to be overrun. Really? Well, how much money is there in sickness at the moment? And how come that system continues to become more and more profitable? We need to ask questions. If we're not asking questions, then we're obviously not thinking. Questions are a sign of thought. So... The question now becomes, what is really going on right now and what's coming next? Well, I've been going into the shops, which is something that I don't really like doing that much, but they're all empty, okay? So why are the shops empty? The shops are empty because people are scared, people are staying at home. I'll tell you one kind of shop that has been quite busy uh, is the precious metal shops, okay? So you might notice if you do make an attempt to purchase some silver or gold or you do some research about the availability of these substances, you will realise that they have become scarce in their supply. You'll also notice if you look at the markets and you take an interest in finances that their prices have dropped. It's interesting to look at these two factors together because demand has spiked and it's difficult to get some physically, but at the same time, the price is through the floor. So how does that come about? Silver's at a 12-year low or something like that, uh, and gold has, has dropped back quite a lot on its price from where it was just a couple of months ago, even when the news of this stuff was around. But it wasn't really until last week when the government's decided, oh, this is a really, really big deal. It wasn't a really big deal last month, but it is now, and uh, we need to save everybody. So everything changed, and you know, people are put under house arrest. Whole countries are put under house arrest, um, curfews, etc., threats of jail time, and um, taking people's money, currency. Hmm. So what's going on? What is going on? And what will be the consequence of shutting down a lot of businesses and businesses not having business for a significant period of time? Well, what we're seeing is people are losing their jobs and there'll be a lot more people lose their jobs. There's no guarantee that they'll be getting those jobs back ever. So what is the consequence of that? Increased unemployment. Well, that impacts everyone who does have a job as well because there are now a lot more people who'd be willing to do your job for less money than you. So the competition for jobs and the amount that needs to be paid is likely to decrease um, because the competition for jobs increasing, the payments are likely to decrease. Supply and demand. And how long is it going to last? What's the impact on the economy? No one knows. Maybe 
in two weeks, they will say, okay, let's go back to normal. But it doesn't seem very likely at all. The projections are that this will peak in two months or maybe in five to six months, the peak will come. So if the news of this continues to increase and increase and increase and increase, and they've already implemented measures such as telling people they have to stay at home, closing the schools, all of these things, because they're scared that old people are going to die, of course, of course, that's the reason why. But everybody has to stay at home, so the economy crashes, and then what? Well, interesting times, because if you've been following the economy in Australia, we've been going through a property bubble for 20 years, there hasn't been a correction, if you're following the stock market, if you look at what you can actually get for your currency in terms of you know the stock market versus dividends, stock market versus gold, if you actually start to do some research, you'll realize that we've actually got to a ridiculous point financially that we have never been to before. If you listen to Ray Dalio's breakdown of the economy a few years ago, he said it goes about seven cycles where you build and then get a recession. You build and then you get a recession. You build and then you get a recession. Well, we've actually been through seven or eight cycles and we haven't had a depression. We haven't had a massive correction. Now, at the same time, as we almost went into a recession and depression, the governments have all unanimously decided to start printing a lot more money, which they haven't done before. That's been going on for a while. So what's next? They're printing a lot of money. The economy is in trouble. And now everyone should stay at home and not go to work. Hmm. Right. So I think it's time for you to do some research. I think it's time for you to become informed, become educated, and start to prepare yourself for the possibilities of the future. If you don't do that, you're really asking for trouble. You've probably been asking for trouble in the way you've been living for the last 10 to 20 years, if we're honest, and if I'm honest with myself. Um, we could have done a lot of things differently if we knew what was about to happen and we looked at it a little while back. I started to take significant action on this uh, probably a year ago, expecting something like this on the way, just from doing some research and looking at what the you know what the state of the world economy is and what's been going on for the last 100 years, etc. It's not actually that hard to find good information these days. It would have been much, much harder to understand the current reality um, in, in earlier times, you know, and there is definitely some mystery. There are a lot of conspiracy theories. There's a lot of possibilities, but there's some pretty hard data that's pretty hard to go against when you start looking at economic figures and, you know, what Warren Buffett says and what Ray Dalio says and what, you know, other experts in their field, experts in precious metals, experts in stock exchange, experts in property. You can hear all those people on YouTube. So, you know, you, you have access to the world leaders and directly, you know, to, to hear from them. You can probably even ask them questions on, you know, Twitter and, um, and Instagram for, for some of those sorts of people. But there's something big happening at the moment. One of the other decisions that I made in 2014 was to leave the NRL I was working full time there, and I just felt as though this is this is a bit of an unshake, you know, a bit of an unsteady ground. I love the role, and I love working with teams and athletes and that sort of thing. But I felt as though the income was capped, and I felt as though security, financial security, 
was capped and I didn't like that feeling. I don't like to be capped. I like freedom. I like the possibility to expand. So I started to build a business and I've been building, you know, businesses ever since. I've had two businesses become, you know, seven figure, you know, I've earned more than seven figures through two different businesses, um, as in more than a million dollars, maybe not more than seven figures, as in eight figures, but um, we're working towards it. But yeah, in the process of building another two at the moment, and I've been encouraging people since sort of 2016 at least to diversify their incomes, to build another business. Now, the two businesses that I've built, you know, the three main businesses that I've built, online training, online education, um, and supplement business through a network marketing um, opportunity, prove it, ketones. Um, they're the three main businesses that I've built. And then I have a connection with another business that is in the same sort of niche um, that I have an interest in. So these are, the, these are the things that I have experience with. And I've been able to help coaches to either open successful gyms or to build you know, significant online following, etc., to be able to increase their income. I've also helped people to diversify and have a network marketing business on the side. And some of those people, you know, sometimes it's only $100 here and there, $1,000 here and there. You know, they maybe made $10,000 or $100,000. But sometimes that amount of money can be significant. At the moment, a lot of people are having their incomes cancelled. And there's no guarantee that those incomes are coming back online anytime. So I think it is a really, really important time to look at those things. Uh, I would also look at your health and how you can optimize your health. And I'm extremely passionate about those things. If you listen to my other podcasts, I've done lots of podcasts around those sorts of topics. Uh, I'm writing a book at the moment for members of the Real Movement uh, Coach Education Leaders Program, um, How to Improve Your Health and How I Improve My Health and, and telling those stories. I'm always going to be passionate about that, but the economic side is real as well. It's, it's important to have an income. It's important to be able to support your family. It's important to be able to finance children, to be able to finance business. So uh, there are challenging times coming ahead, and I don't think 99% of the population are actually looking at the reality. I think they're you know, going and buying toilet paper when there's other much more important actions that should be uh, taken, you know, taken account of. What happens when the economy tanks what happens to everyone who has a mortgage right what happens when unemployment goes through the roof and people have mortgages right so yeah they're going to print a lot more money and they're printing a lot more money at the moment but where's that actually going to go what's actually happening with confidence in business you can look at that through uh, what's happening with the you know with the stock markets and with share prices etc so that tells you what rich people are thinking about those things um, what's happening with metals, what's happening, you know, with, you can look at, you know, you look where the energy's going, look where the, the concentration is flowing and make some decisions, you know, think about what's right for you, think about what's right for your family. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm not your financial advisor. And to be honest, a lot of the financial advisors uh, have done a really bad job of preparing people for this kind of situation. There's, there's probably, you know, there are probably a lot of good ones as well. But, uh, yeah, a lot of people just just saw a big dip in their, their net worth and their wealth. And my prediction is that it's a time to think and it's a time to really reassess your position. So, um, you know, I have financial advisors and people who are switched on in these areas that do share their experiences and their, their advice 
uh, with our community and it's an area that I continue to research and I post the, the links and things you know in the same way that anyone can become an expert in strength and performance and having an exercise science degree doesn't mean you actually know more than someone who obsessively researches on the internet whether it's through PubMed or whether it's through YouTube you can get a great education if you're obsessive about it and you want to go and apply things you can get a great education become self-educated and really you know be a leader change the world like there's no doubt about that at the moment you've got people you know spreading that same message I think the guy's um valuetainment or something like this um you know saying the same thing like if if you just watch all these YouTube videos, you'd probably do better than going and getting a master's of business. And, you know, Gary Vee probably says similar things. And I think, you know, I think they're right. I think the days of that traditional education stuff are, are most likely done. You know, I think you're going to see a huge change in what goes on with tertiary education as well. But, yeah, it's a time, it's a time to reassess. It's a time to reassess and make smart decisions you can become self-educated on this stuff. The information is out there and, you know, do your best and take action would be my suggestion. You want to look at how you can replace your current income. Now, if you happen to retain your current job or your job comes back online at some stage in the next few months or in a year, then great. If you've built another income in that meantime, you're not going to be upset about having two incomes um, if your other income, you know, your primary income comes back online. If it doesn't, then it's what's going to keep you, you know, off the streets, keep you in your own house, etc. keep you from giving up everything that you have, um, the stresses that, that go with that. So I, it's a key time to reevaluate what you're doing for your health, cut out all the ridiculous habits that dominate society if you feel as though you want to improve your health. Um, it's a great time to improve your health. It's a great time to analyze your financial situation and get it in order. It's a great time to replace your current income. Um, this is the the key things that I'm thinking about at the moment and what I want for me, I want for everyone. So one of the big focuses for Real Movement members is to help them to build that secondary income. Now, I'm not guaranteeing they're going to be seven-figure businesses like I've been able to, to build um, together with my, my teams, etc. But even a little bit could go a long way in the, in the not-too-distant future. Reorganising your finances could go a long way. Um, so I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, I don't want to be doom and gloom. Uh, you can see I'm, I'm not actually... Personally, I'm, I'm not really super concerned about anything related to health at the moment. Um other than the stress of, of the situation and the challenges that have been existing for a long time around chronic disease. What I am concerned about is what's, what's happening financially and, you know, with, with freedoms and, and civil liberty, etc. So um, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'd love to hear what actions you're taking. I, I do like to uh, mastermind on these topics as I love to mastermind on strength and performance. It's a great time to get your training together as well. Keep yourself moving physically, improve your handstand, improve your juggling, you know, get strong with body weight at home, get your range of strength, you know, get your splits down. If you're improving physically, that's something that's going to feed your mentality, feed your hormones, feed your positivity, and help you to play the role that you want to have in the world, right? So it all fits together. It's all one piece. 
Um, get your financial health sorted and, and your physical, you know, optimize your physical and mental health. Be connected to, to amazing, positive, creative people all around the world. Um, this is the time to, to really, you know, knuckle down and, and decide what you want, how you're going to live and make decisions for the future. If everything blows over and there's, you know, life resumes as it was before this thing in the not too distant future, you won't regret getting yourself in order. If we never go back to how life was before this thing, then you'd, you'd probably be really glad. The sooner you get your life in order and the better you research it and the more support you get through the process. So I'm excited to hear from you soon and uh, I will be doing some more podcasts again. Give me some feedback if you're happy to hear more podcasts and what you'd love to hear from me in the future. Thank you.